Selling children. Mm -hmm. It's big business. DHS is back in the disinformation business. And Vanna White, you know, turn the letters, Vanna White. She lawyers up. <laughs> this is a weird story. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Wednesday. Halfway through the week, it's hump day. Hump, hump, and uh, yeah, we're getting to it. Got a lot going on. Blackout Coffee, one of our sponsors founded by on and on the principles of our conservative values. Fresh roasted, premium grade coffee from a company that supports our wonderful, great, fantastic American values. Family, honesty, hard work. Get the best coffee you ever had and help to support this amazing company. Blackout Coffee, the link is in our show notes and a special promo code for you and you will get a great deal. All right, let's move right into it and we get started the way we always get started on this show. And that's with our Miko update. Miko's our cute little three and a half or so year old Shiba Inu baby. She had a, another special visit from Max and the old man today. <laughs> she was running around, and I got a video of it playing out in the yard. That's Max, that's the old man. That dog is so old. And that's Migo, who is just kind of overwhelmed by these enormous golden retrievers hanging around. She loves playing with them, though, and Max is actually pretty gentle with her. Um, he also is dying to get in the house because Max knows that's where the food is. And he is 100% food driven. So you'll see as I come around the back end of my car, that's Max trying desperately to get in the house where the food is. And Miko's like, dude, get away from my door. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's, uh, that's our Miko update. She had a great time playing with Max and the old man. The old man does have a name, but I can never remember it. I've asked a thousand times, and I'm embarrassed to ask again. Our Miko update brought to you by BarkBox.com. That's a monthly subscription service for your dog or dogs. And every month you will get a box with a theme to it. Every month the box includes two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew just for your dog. Not terribly expensive and well worth it. 100% happiness guarantee. Ever not happy with something? Get a hold of customer service. They will make it right. It's an amazing company that does some great deals for you. And we have a special deal if you use our link, barkbox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. You'll get a free month with a multi-month subscription. So sign up today. Check it out, barkbox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. K-O. All right. Thank you, BarkBox. Let's get right into it. It's uh, We also have our book, by the way, coming up. We'll continue on reading 1984 in the last half of the show, the last 20, 15 minutes or so. But uh, we got, uh, mm, we have, uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time on this because it deserves it. Yeah, there's a lot of crap going on in the news cycle and everybody's doing all kinds of everything. Our very first um, 
link tonight. In the Everything we talk about, all of our links are always in the show notes. So you can go look them up yourself, share them with your friends, follow the people that we put their tweets up. This is from Truth Justice. And it's mostly just words on a page, but it talks about the war that is going on right now. Not in the Ukraine, the war against our children. Child trafficking, pedophilia grooming, transgender, rape, torture, ritual sacrifice, organ harvesting, abortion, adrenochrome, all happening to millions, millions of innocent children out there by an elite group of pedophiles. Netflix and Amazon refuse to expose this. They just absolutely refuse. Elon Musk, Ivanka Trump are joining the fight to win this war against our innocent kids. Millions around the world waking up to the horrific truth that our children are being targeted by these top elite wealthy bloodlines. It's known as the Committee of 300. Bet you've never heard that one before. Well, The Sound of Freedom, which is a new film that opens July 4th. You can get your tickets now. I encourage you to do that. It was filmed five years ago. Strong effort made to make sure this film never reached you or me. Amazon, Netflix refused to show the movie a year ago. A delay in the movie cost the lives and the freedoms of literally millions of innocent kids who are tracked, trafficked every single year. You don't think it's biz, big business? Child sex trafficking each year is reported to bring in $34 billion minimum. $34 billion dollars and that's child sex trafficking human trafficking all ages 154 billion dollars serious 154 billion dollars politicians people from all kinds of society around the world involved in this war against our kids this is a fight for our civilization the lives of our children, which is the future generation. Epstein Island wasn't the only sex trafficking island. There are many of these kind of islands. Tim Ballard takes down one of them in the true story of the Sound of Freedom film. And the movie, oh, listen, we're not being paid to promote this movie. I'm promoting it because you need to see it. And people need to know about what's going on. And people need to talk about it. Share these links. Get the word out there. The number one consumer of child sex in the world? Us, the United States. Number two, Mexico. 60% of all child pornography is consumed in the world, that is consumed in the world, is produced in Mexico. If you look at what's happening right now on our border, officials of Mexico, U.S., not at the border trying to save our kids. They're all involved. They have to be. 
What other reason is there? U.S. Health and Human Services whistleblower testifies under oath that 85,000 unaccompanied migrant children are being trafficked for sex and labor through a sophisticated network that begins with recruiting in their home countries and ends up when Health and Human Services delivers them to an unchecked sponsor who could literally be anyone. She goes on to testify, quote, The United States government has become the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion-dollar child trafficking operation that is run by bad actors seeking to profit off the lives of innocent children. You can see all this live child trafficking happening, footage right out of the U.S. border. Over 2 million innocent children every year are trafficked and sold for sex, rape, torture. These are our children we're talking about. You need to understand when an adult male rapes a child, they literally rip that little girl or boy's body apart. It has to be sewn back together again. I know this is tough to hear, but you need to hear it. You need to know it's happening. You do not want to see the pictures. It's bad enough to hear about it. Trust me, you don't want to see it. Why has it become the number one criminal network in the world? Demand. The demand for sex with children is growing, and unlike a bag of cocaine, you can only sell it once. A child's little body can be sold again and again, 20, 30 times a day in some cases. What if this was your child? What if this was your child? You can't imagine it, can you? Well, these kids are somebody's child. They are suffering the worst life on earth. We have to fight this war. We have to be soldiers in this war. Children who need us to rescue them, give them their lives back, give them their freedom back. This is beyond the pale. And in some cases, whether it's the administration, the elite, nothing. Not only is nothing being done about it, but when people try and point it out, they're being shut down. In that first link in our show notes is the article I just told you about. At the bottom of that is about a 21, 22-minute interview uh, with Jim, who stars in this film and has been out promoting it, The Sound of Freedom. I encourage you to listen to that interview and follow up on it, share it, get the word out there. And perhaps most important of all, and like I said, I am not being paid to promote this film, but you need to get yourself a ticket and check out this film. I'm going to play the trailer. It's a little long, about two minutes plus, but it, it, this is important. I will give as much of my show up as I need to in order for you to know what's going on with this insanity. 
Take a look at the trailer for The Sound of Freedom. fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. For homeland security, you know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. This job tears you to pieces. And, and this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. And yet somehow, you have failed to bring me one real world lead. It's over, Tim. Close up and come back home. So you quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. South of that river, it's all rebel territory. No one goes in. What if this was your daughter? She's gone. Hear that? That's the sound of freedom. Freedom is one of those films that can legitimately change this world. So we want to ignite a fire in audiences and open their eyes to the dark reality of millions of children that need our help. Let's make this film a historic event and the start, the end of child trafficking. Theaters across this country are already selling out. Pre-order your tickets today and you can send the message that God's children are no longer for sale. Angel.com slash freedom. Because God's children are not for sale. That is powerful. Which is why it was well worth two, two and a half minutes to, uh, to let you see that. Please go watch this film. Share that out. The tweets are in our show notes tonight. You can find out more about it. And uh, wow. Like I said, I want to spend a little time talking about this subject tonight because it's beyond the pale. And a lot of people are blissfully unaware of the numbers, of how often it happens, and sometimes very close to home. Look, I know I'm on the other side of the world from a lot of you folks, but this happens in Southeast Asia just as much. Although the U.S. is the number one consumer, Mexico number two. 
here, this story, which is the third link in our show notes of in today's show. This is from Al Jazeera, and it's a special report they put up a while ago from 101 East, and they investigated Malaysia's underground baby trade. Not going to read this whole article, but you're a childless couple surfing the net for information on adopting here in Malaysia. You come across a Facebook page that appears to be an adoption support group. Members invite you into a chat, and then you realize there's more to it than meets the eye. Here's the chat between a baby seller and potential new parents who are looking to adopt. Newborn girl available. Indonesian mother interested. <laughs> Dressed in a white jumpsuit, <clears throat> million uh, mittens and socks. The baby girl lay quietly in the Malaysian heat. I picked her up. She smiled, said Hartini Zanudin, recalling the hot Saturday morning that changed her life. Hartini, well known in Malaysia as a child's rights activist who rescues unwanted babies. She thought this was another one of those cases. But the woman who'd been caring for the baby at a house in the port town of Klang, about an hour's drive from Kuala Lumpur, got down to business. For $3,000, Hartini could take the baby home right away. Go, give me the money. The baby's yours. Raise her as your own. They said you can buy her or she'll go to Thailand. Man. She stepped outside, phoned a fellow activist who told her trafficking gang sometimes maim young children before forcing them to beg in Thailand because a young child on the street who might have a missing eye or a missing limb will certainly get a lot more sympathy than one that looks healthy and whole. And they will... It's hard to talk about, folks. They will purposely maim these kids so they'll make more money for them. This investigation is frightening. Read the... It happened, sadly, right here in my own country of Malaysia. I know everything I do is the U.S. market these days, but that's, you know, that's just what I do. <clears throat> but it happens here, too, and this is a frightening story about one of the ways it happens right here where I am. And it is some scary stuff. The link is in our show notes to Al Jazeera and this 101 East report. It is a very uh, intensive and uh, uh, an all-encompassing report. And it will tell you the inside story of just one young person who wound up getting trafficked. All right. We got more coming. I know I spent a lot of time, but I purposefully and in absolutely intended to because this story is whatever else might be going on in politics and Ukraine and all Russia, all that other crap. There is nothing more important than this, my friends. It involves our children, and it involves the trafficking, the selling of our children. Just take a moment and imagine that that was your child. Wouldn't you want something done about it? You're damn right.
All right. Let us uh, get on to one of our uh, sponsors here, and that would be the best small batch coffee you have ever tasted in your life. That would be Blackout Coffee. America's warriors love blackout coffee, including that guy. Dan Bongino has his own blend there. Yeah, he actually does. They uh, support our troops. This company is all about conservative American values, and we want to support them because they support us. They support conservative values, family, hard work, dedication to duty. They also help to support our first responders and our troops. They really do. They do an incredible job. And Blackout Coffee also does an amazing job making a fantastic cup of coffee. They were founded, as I said, on the principles of our conservative values, hard work, personal responsibility, faith, family, respect. The best small batch fresh roasted coffee you are ever going to taste, and it's all done in-house. Premium grade green coffee beans, specialty coffees grown at perfect altitude, perfect weather, harvested at the right time of year. And they work with local co-ops and farmers that grow these high-quality coffee beans. And they have very strict adherence to small batch roasting. Blackout coffee, roasted, packed, and shipped with lightning speed, usually 24 to 48 hours from the time you order. That means you get the beans just days after they have been roasted. This combination of their premium coffee beans, highly controlled roasting process, and immediate shipping gives you an elite coffee experience. Trust me, it is really, really good. You will never drink one of those cheap, liberal, brown water crap coffees again. Right now, use our link, which is in our show notes, for an incredible deal. And I got you a promo code, which, take note, if you're a regular listener or viewer of the show, our promo code has changed. I wanted to make it simpler. So here is the new promo code, very much like the old one, but it's simply... J20, J-A-Y-20, my name, J20, is our promo code. Use that at checkout, and you will get 20% off your first order. J20 promo code at checkout, 20% off your first order. All right. Blackout Coffee link is in our show notes. Please do check it out. Well worth your time. Well worth a little bit of your cash. Very reasonably priced, too, by the way. It's not going to charge you an arm and a leg. Uh, blackout coffee. Thank you, guys. All right. Do you remember back in the middle of the whole COVID pandemic crap, there was a nurse in Germany who was found to have purposefully injected thousands of elderly patients with saline instead of the clot shot because she felt harm was being done and she very much against the whole idea of forcing these vaccinations on people she was charged of course and the anti-vax nurse who injected up to 8,600 elderly patients with saline instead of the COVID, COVID vaccine walks free from a court in Germany Yes. The nurse administered the face, fake vaccines, left people without protection. <laughs> yeah, as if it was protection anyway. 
The defendant shared anti-vaxxer post on social media during the pandemic. A Red Cross nurse, Anjay T, 39 years old, jabbed thousands of elderly patients with a vac- at a vaccine center in Germany with what she told them was the BioNTech Pfizer vaccine. What it really was, was saline solution. It was nothing. The nurse, who administered the fake vaccines at the Schwarzen's Jab Center in Friesland, northwest Germany, was uh, given six months of probation. With her face blurred, that is her there in court. Found guilty on six counts of intentional assault. Weird charge. Uh, By the Oldenburg District Court, Lower Saxony State, She jabbed up to 8,600 patients, mainly hospital employees, educators, and doctors above the age of 70 between March 5th and April 2021, leaving them with no protection against the deadly virus. That, according to this article, we all know now that the vaccines were virtually freaking totally useless and caused more harm than good. Police told the court... She was able to introduce the saline solution undetected because she was in charge of vaccine and syringe preparation during her shift at the vaccine center. After more than a month, she was reported by another employee who saw her using the saline solution instead of the vaccine on six patients. I guess that's why they could only charge her with six counts. She had additionally posted many social media posts where she openly emphasized her skeptical views regarding the vaccines. When questioned by police, she freely admitted to using saline solutions, but had said she only did it because she had accidentally broken a vial containing six shots and was ashamed to tell her colleagues. Hmm. She initially said it was a one-time incident but was immediately sacked after antibody tests carried out on the affected people confirmed the authorities' suspicions. Wow. There you go. So she has uh, pretty much just walked away, good for her, um, with six months probation. Fantastic. I love that story. I know. All you pro-vax people out there shaking your head, sucking your tongue, going... Oh, she should have gotten the chair. They should hang her. No. She did the right thing. Good for her. All right. (laughs) From vaccines to the climate scam. I know, but we just got to keep covering this until you wake up and realize it's nothing but bullshit. And Australia's going to do it again. This is unbelievable. You know, first it was New Zealand. Now, in Australia, it frankly has been whacked out for a long time with all their ridiculous rules down there. Check this headline out. A New South Wales leader wants to ban online streaming of climate change protests. So I guess maybe you won't be able to watch this show in Australia anymore. Because we know and we claim every show almost that climate change is nothing but a scam because that's exactly what it is. Civil liberties advocates have lashed out at New South Wales Labour government's attempt to stop climate change activists from live streaming their protests on Facebook. Members of Blockade Australia 
stage and streamed protests around the country this week, and the Premier Chris Minns announced via the Daily Telegraph Thursday he will request a meeting with social media giants alongside the police, threatening much, to see what they can do to stop the broadcasts of illegal acts. Oh, so in Australia it's now illegal to protest? Really? Hmm. He said their business model relies on social media to broadcast their protest. Uh, yeah. These thrill demonstrations are putting lives at risk, both their own and those of emergency services and police. <laughs> and just to make it as drama queen moment as it could be, he says, I don't want to see a situation where there's a death broadcast on social media. <laughs> the opposition says we all have a right to protest. Other people have rights as well. And all of those rights need to be balanced. Finally, a voice of reason. A link to that article is in our show notes tonight. You want to check it out, read more about it, you can. Just, uh, it's in there. Just give it a click and you can check out the latest crazy Nazism that's going on in Australia. Not that it will surprise you because New Zealand, Australia have been walked out from the very beginning. Unbelievable. And right back here at home, Homeland has expanded their authority to surveil you. Yep, you're being watched. Again, if you thought it stopped, you would be wrong. Just the news. John Solomon's site's got this article up. Homeland Agency extends their authority to wage domestic surveillance and censorship, according to a House report. No cyber component needed for proposed rapid response team to parachute into local jurisdictions to help election officials with informational threats. That's what they're calling it nowadays. Mm. An agency subcommittee has said secret documents attained by the House Judiciary Committee show that a Department of Homeland Security agency expanded its mission, talk about mission creep, to surveil Americans' speech on social media. This article just came out. This just happened. Colluding with big tech, government-funded third parties to censor by proxy. You, you see, you thought this was gone. It ain't. It's coming back, and you won't even know about it. Tried to hide their plainly unconstitutional activities from the public, which is why you don't hear about these things. And that's according to an interim staff report released Monday night, just two days ago. The findings add details uh, reported by Just the News about the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency and its work with private entities to remove, throttle, and label purported misinformation, there's that word again, on elections, Hunter Biden, COVID-19, efforts that might even constitute election meddling, and they just don't give a crap. They're just going to keep doing it until someone jumps up and says, stop. 
in our show notes at the bottom of the list of all the things we talk about, it says, let them know how you feel. That is a link to a government website where you put in your zip code and it will tell you exactly who your representatives are and how to get a hold of them. And you need to use it. You need to get a hold of them and you need to tell them to put a stop to this crap. You need to tell them you are not going to put up with it anymore. And if these representatives of yours don't do something about it, you need to let them know very plainly you will not be voting for them next time. In fact, you will be campaigning against them next time. <sighs> it just gets worse and worse and worse. Okay. Hey, Brickhouse Nutrition, one of our great sponsors. If you just bear with me for a second. And uh, let me tell you about this amazing product. It is Brickhouse Nutrition's Field of Greens. I am telling you, this stuff is absolutely amazing. If you want something that's going to make you healthier, happy, well, the happiness will come from being healthier. <laughs> uh, fruits and vegetables are the key to healthy living. We all know that. But while fruits and veggies are the anchor of any healthy diet, it's a pain in the ass, folks. It really is. You got to go to the store and shop for them. You got to pick out all the right ones. You got to prepare them. If you even keep them too long, they're going to go bad on you. And they're perishable. So how many times has this happened to you? It happens to me. You you know, you get all gung-ho and you say, yes, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to buy all these fruits and vegetables. And you come home, you put them away, and then in a couple days you go back and they're rotten and gone off. I know, it happens to the best of us. Well, Field of Greens is a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables ground up into an amazing tasting powder. You just mix it with your favorite beverage. You can mix it in water if you want, or green tea, orange juice, whatever. These are real USDA organic, organic fruits and vegetables. They're not extracts. They are actual food. It comes in many great tasty flavors. You can see some of them right there on the screen. You will love it, and it is so good for you. You try this for a month or two. You go to your doctor, and he's going to tell you, Whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it's working. Field of Greens, Brickhouse Nutrition cannot recommend this product enough. Use our special link in the show notes to get an amazing offer from Brickhouse Nutrition and the Jay Sheldon Show. The link is in our show notes down there, so do check it out for Brickhouse Nutrition's Field of Greens. All right. Thank you, Field of Greens. Fantastic. Seriously, great product. Cannot recommend it enough. If you're looking to make improvements in your health, I'm making some myself, by the way. I'll tell you about those in a, probably tomorrow, I'll tell you about my latest adventure into trying to be a little healthier. Mm. All right. The Daily Wire had a story about Vanna White. You remember Vanna White, right? Wheel of Fortune, spinning the letters. You know how long she's been doing that? Pat Sajak just announced his retirement a week or two ago. After many, many years of hosting the show, they now apparently have looked to Ryan Seacrest. Remember the old uh, American Idol host, Ryan Seacrest? Yeah. Well, uh, Vanna White has lawyered up after Ryan Seacrest is named the new wheel host. There's our dear Vanna. 
By the way, I've spoken to people who have interviewed Vanna White, met Vanna White, and they said she is just the absolute nicest sweetheart of a woman. Not pretentious at all. She really is a very, very sweet woman. Wheel of Fortune has chosen a new host, American Idol alum Ryan Seacrest, who must be about a thousand years old by now, right? According to a statement Tuesday from Sony, but uh, outgoing host Pat Sajak's longtime letter-turner, Vanna White, she's 66 years old. Look at this woman. She's a year older than I am. She may or may not be ready to join Seacrest. According to a report from Puck News, Vanna's 66 hired a law attorney last week claims she has not had a pay raise in nearly 20 years. Ouch! The report claims that White, who's been turning the iconic letters since 1982, 92, 2002, 12, 22, 40, 41 years? Holy crap! Anyway, she stalled her yearly salary at $3 million for the last 18 years. I know, do the math. She ain't hurting, folks. Occasionally, she would get bonuses instead of pay raises. Now, in contrast, Pat Sajak, the host, $15 million annually. Ouch! That was according to a report from Forbes in 2016. Hired attorney Brian Friedman, known for his rather aggressive representation of television personalities, Friedman made headlines recently, reportedly hired to represent ousted cable host Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon against Fox News and CNN, respectively. Contract is up at the end of 23-24 season. Friedman is expected to hit the pay discrepancy issue very hard, as well as possible gender discrimination with respect to Vanna White's salary, if Sony wants to keep her on the show. Chances are they might just say, yeah, we're not going to renew her contract. Have a nice day. Get out. Not yet recommended on Seacrest's announcement, but the former Live with Kelly and Ryan host made it clear he was looking forward to the new gig. So there you go. $3 million a season for Vanna White. $15 million for Pat Sajak. Holy crap. Anyway... No word on whether she'll be back turning letters or not. I, <laughs> I just had to share. I know it's a wonky story, but it's one of those things, you know, you get to the end of all the heavy stuff we've done on tonight's show and you think, it's time to lighten the mood up just a little bit. <laughs> all right. Uh, what are you going to look like in 30 years? I know. I'll be looking like a big pile of dust. But... <laughs> National Geographic has actually created an image of what it believes Americans will look like in 2050. Interracial partnerships, much more common for one individual to be a member of various backgrounds. You know, back in the day, you were in Boston, you had uh, New York, there was a lot of Italians who came over and immigrated here to the country. And, you know, a couple of Italian folks have a baby. It's pure Italian. Or Irish folks have a kid. Pure Irish. 
Not so much anymore. A matter of years, we will have Tinder, okay, Cupid, and otherwise sexed ourselves into a giant amalgamated soup of all kinds of races. But what will that look like? Well, to answer that question, National Geographic built its 125th anniversary issue around that theme of what will Americans look like by the year 2050. And renowned photographer and portrait artist Martin Scholler was commissioned to capture the face of our nation's multicultural future. And according to him, this is what the average American will look like in 2050. She's absolutely beautiful. Wow. Imagine. This is an amalgamation of a whole bunch of ethnicities rolled into one. And this is what the photographer has said, on average, Americans will look like by 2050. How cool is that? And like I said, wow, she is a stunner. Absolutely beautiful. Wow. Frightening. Frightening. So, what do you think? Your 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 kids grandkids maybe? That would be 30 years from now. Oh, actually it might not be that long come to think of it. All right. I got one more for you. We're running really late tonight, but we just have a small chapter, part of a chapter in our uh in our book tonight 1984 by George Orwell. All right, I got one more for you, and it's a very cool thing, and I have a personal story kind of related to this. Do you know that um, back in, when was this? The Oh, between 1908 and 1940, Sears, you know, Sears, the department store, check this out. They offered homes as packages and would ship everything you need to build your own home. You know, like a DIY, but for your house. Yeah, this is the ad from somewhere back in the 40s, I guess, from Seven Modern Rooms. And there's a floor plan. There's the style of a house. They offered complete do-it-yourself DIY kits through their Sears catalog, transported by train, Around 30,000 components, including the wiring, the plumbing, the heating. Collectively, the whole thing weighed over 25 tons. You had the option of choosing more than 370 designs, and each had a 75-page a instruction manual. I'm not sure, but it just seems like this ain't exactly your basic IKEA thing, you know what I mean? Sears asserted that an individual with average skills could construct the entire home in 90 days. Wow, you ready for this? They managed to sell over 70,000 DIY homes that were, and this is even more amazing, the price of these homes, $600 to $6,000. 
equivalent to 8,400 to 84,000 in today's currency. A notable model called the Martha Washington was sold for $3,028, and this is the Martha Washington, in 1921. Now, just briefly, I will tell you that when I was born, I lived in a very small ranch house. Well, actually, I lived in a something we called the State House in East Cornwall, Connecticut. But then my dad built our ranch house just in the lot next door, which I believe he got from my grandfather. It was all... That whole road there is like Sheldonville. At least it was at the time. And the home he built was similar to this. It was called a Grossman home. I don't even know if Grossman's even still exists. But Grossman's was like a Home Depot. Or, well, not a Sears. Sears is a department store. But Grossman's very much like a Home Depot. If Grossman's even still exists. But you could buy virtually everything you needed in a package from Grossman's. They trucked it all to your property, dumped it all down, and there you go, build your own house. And my dad built our first house there in East Cornwall. If I'm not mistaken, that package, which was sometime in the 60s, was about 7500 bucks. I want to say. It was around 7500 bucks. That house sold in the 70s, I want to say, or you know, the 80s, the 80s, I believe, for over a million bucks. <laughs> Not by us. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, the times, they are a-changing. All right, there you go. Imagine that. <laughs> cool. I love sharing these whacked out kind of weird sidebar stories because they they are absolutely amazing. And it gives a bit of a lift from some of the heavier stuff, like especially the beginning of tonight's show with all of the, hey, please don't forget, please, please, please check out that top link in our show notes. Second link is the trailer, July 4th. Uh, Sound of Freedom opens in theaters. You need to go. You need to support it. You need to share that out on your social medias. Let your friends know, too. All right. We read books on this show. As you know, we have uh, spent the last part of our show reading different children's books, mostly, because we want to encourage you to read and read to your kids and get your kids to read. Stick a book in their hands. Take out that tablet and give them a hard book. And uh, so in order to do that, we have been reading books. And somebody suggested we took them up on it to get away from children's literature. Well, that's a lot of fun. And read something more in tune with the show, which was George Orwell's 1984, which, man, oh, man, is it. We are living in 1984, my friends. So we're digging through. We're just... little bit over halfway through this book and we'll figure out another one by the way if you got a suggestion for what we should read next please stick it in the chat put it in a a pm to me a private message or you can always email us show s-h-o-w show at jsheldon.com all right onward and upward here we go it's george orwell's 1984 you'll have to get used to living without results and without hope. You'll work for a while, you'll be caught, you'll confess, and then you'll die. Those are the only results that you'll ever see. 
No possibility that any perceptible change will happen within our lifetime. We are the dead. Our only true life is in the future. We shall take part in it as handfuls of dusts and splinters of bone. But how far away that future may be, there's no knowing. Might be a thousand years. At present, nothing is possible except to extend the area of sanity little by little. We cannot act collectively. We can only spread our knowledge outward from individual to individual, generation after generation. In the face of the thought police, there is no other way. He halted and looked for a third time at his wristwatch. It's almost time for you to leave, comrade, he said to Julia. Wait, the decanter is still half full. He filled the glasses, raised his own by the stem. What shall it be this time, he said, still with the same faint suggestion of irony, to the confusion of the thought police, to the death of Big Brother, to humanity, to the future? To the past, said Winston. The past is more important, agreed O'Brien gravely. They emptied their glasses, and a moment later, Julia stood up to go. O'Brien took a small box from the top of the cabinet, handed her a flat white tablet, which he told her to place on her tongue. It was important, he said, not to go out smelling of wine. The lift attendants were very observant. As soon as the door shut behind her, he appeared to forget her very existence. He took another pace for two up and down, and then stopped. There are details to be settled, he said. I assume you have a hiding place of some kind? Winston explained about the room over Mr. Charrington's shop. That'll do for the moment. Later we'll arrange something else for you. It's important to change one's hiding place frequently. Meanwhile, I shall send you a copy of the book. Even O'Brien, Winston noticed, seemed to pronounce the words as though they were in italics. Goldstein's book, you understand, as soon as possible. Maybe some days before I can get a hold of one. There aren't many in existence, as you can imagine. The thought police hunt them down and destroy them almost as fast as we can produce them. It makes very little difference. The book is indestructible. The last copy were gone. We could produce it almost word for word. Did you carry a briefcase to work with you? He added. As a rule, yes. What's it like? Black, very shabby, with two straps. Black, two straps, very shabby. Hmm, good. One day, in the fairly near future, cannot give a date. One of the messages among your morning's work will contain a misprinted word, and you will have to ask for a repeat. On the following day, you'll go to work without your briefcase. At some time during the day in the street, a man will touch your arm and say, I think you've dropped your briefcase. The one he gives you will contain a copy of Goldstein's book, and you will return it Within fourteen days, they were silent for a moment. There are a couple of minutes before you need to go, said O'Brien. We shall meet again, if we do meet again. 
Winston looked up at him. In the place where there is no darkness, he said instantly. O'Brien nodded with appearance of surprise. In the place where there is no darkness, he said, as though he'd recognized the illusion. And in the meantime, if there's anything you wish to say before you leave, any message, any question? Winston thought. There didn't seem to be any further question he wanted to ask. Still, less did he feel any impulse to utter high-sounding generalites. Instead of anything directly connected with O'Brien or the Brotherhood, there came into his mind a sort of composite picture of the dark bedroom where his mother spent her last days and the little room over Mr. Charrington's shop, the glass paperweight, the steel engraving in its rosewood frame, almost at random, he said, did you ever happen to hear an old rhyme that begins, Oranges and lemons say the bells of St. Clemens? Again O'Brien nodded. With a sort of grave courtesy, he completed the stanza. Oranges and lemons say the bells of St. Clemens. You owe me three farthings, say the bell of St. Martin's. When will you pay me, say the bells of Old Bailey? When I grow rich, say the rich, say the bells of Shoreditch. You knew the last line, said Winston. Yes, I knew the last line. And now I'm afraid it's time for you to go. But wait, better let me give you one of these tablets. As Winston stood up, O'Brien held out a hand. His powerful grip crushed the bones of Winston's palm. At the door, Winston looked back, but O'Brien seemed already to be in the process of putting him out of his mind. He was waiting with his hand on the switch that controlled the telescreen. Beyond him, Winston could see the writing table with its green shaded lamp and the speakwrite, the wire baskets deep laden with papers. The incident was closed. Within thirty seconds, it occurred to him, O'Brien would be back at his interrupted and important work on behalf of the party. That's the end of chapter 16. And Miko couldn't be happier. <laughs> of George Orwell's 1984. All right, fantastic. What a show. Hey, thanks for staying with us. We went a little long tonight, but that's all right. We'll take all the time we need when it's important with things we talk about. All right. Uh, don't forget, please, there's a follow button right over there. Just give it a click. Follow the show. We really appreciate it. It's free and easy for you. We don't spam your email or anything. It just it helps the show out a lot, and it's absolutely free for you. All right. Enjoy. Thanks for watching, folks, and I will see you tomorrow. Snort.